Welcome to another episode of the Digital Recruiter Podcast, a podcast where we share the ins and outs of what it's like to work in the recruiting industry. I'm your host, Clark Wilcox. Today, I'm joined by John Heisey, founder and CEO of Covert Recruiting. I, I got that wrong. It's pretty close. I'm going to answer to everything. Hi Z with a Z. Hi Z. Yeah. Hi Z. It's got to be a Z, not an S. Um, that's just me. We've got John Hi Z. You're pretty close. I'll take it. You get partial credit. <laughs> Founder and CEO of Covert Recruiting, a good friend, as you guys can already tell. I've known John for a couple of years now. He was a digital recruiter client in 2022. I think we helped him find one of his rock star recruiters on his team as well. He's just an overall awesome guy, great recruiter, great business owner. And I'm excited just for all you guys to be able to meet and learn learn about him and, and kind of his story today. So, John, thanks for being here. Glad to be here. Awesome. Let's start out. How'd you get into recruiting? I love the origin story question. And oh, yeah. there's not a single person that you've ever talked to or the hundreds of other recruiters we've come across that went like, I want to go do sales and I want to do it in recruiting. I'm going to go to school to be a recruiter. Got a major in recruiting. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that even exists. Shouldn't. Um, so I worked probably my entirety of my twenties in really terrible customer service call center type jobs and had no skills and no ability to do anything. Um, you, you laugh, but it's, this big. is what, this is why we're friends. Cause yeah, yeah. This, this is how I felt kick, my whole kick 20s me while too. I'm down. <laughs> kick me while I'm down. That's just fine. Um, Grew up in Michigan, had a chance to move to Chicago, got a company that for some reason hired me as a, I don't know what I was supposed to be, but I was moved into a tech support role, which I knew zero about. And then I was kind of hinted that I shouldn't work there anymore. So then I just <laughs> was exited the building and they're like, you know, you should go talk to these Robert Half people. I'm like, okay, if I have to. And I did because I was looking for something and this was 2011. And it took a couple months, but I was able to convince them to hire me really out of persistence. I knew nothing about recruiting and they put me to a sourcing team. And that was really it. The first couple of years were hard and wasn't very productive, but I was pretty good at it. And later moved into more boutique places and kind of caught my stride a little bit later. So a little bit of late bloomer in a lot of things career wise. And that's kind of led me here. So wasn't planned at all, but a lot of nice coincidences coming together kind of turned into where we are today. I think it's extremely relatable, uh, yeah. definitely to myself and probably a lot of people. I've used so many similar terms, late bloomer. How did I end up here? I'm kind of good at this. Like, what does yeah. that mean? <laughs> like, why am I good at this? Uh, you know, why is this thing sticking or is it anything else? Um, which I always think is the most interesting. That's why I'm fascinated by, you know, this yeah. industry all the time. So you go to Robert Half, you're there X amount of time. So you start sourcing. Yeah. So do you go up to like being full-time recruiter and then sales there? Or like, how does that, I don't know how their chain of operations works. Yeah. They were, they were trying to do a new thing with just a sourcing division at that okay. point. And that's kind of why I needed to wait to get started there for two or three months because they hadn't really figured it out yet. And they're a gigantic global company anyway. So they decided instead of bringing in just recruiters, they're going to do sourcers to start. And they took any, any old person off the street, which is obviously me. So I was there for about a year and big corporate agency tech recruiting 
it's great for some people. It's not great for me, but that was boot camp, and I learned a lot and worked really hard. Not much came out of it, but I kind of knew how to do the work. And then I went on to a couple of boutique places, smaller organizations that had some specialties in different areas. And that even took, even that took a minute to kind of figure out where the best place for me was, but different skill sets, different markets, different ways to do things from contract and project work to full-time to executive to managed RPO style recruiting. Before too long, I kind of did it all. And I think I'm very grateful for that kind of weird coincidence again, because you see the full picture of the entire industry. Yeah. It, it, it's great. I mean, it leads into, I got to imagine when you started your agency, which was what year again? December of 2020. Oh, that's an exciting time uh, yeah. to start an agency. It's actually, <laughs> looking back, it was fantastic timing, uh, given yeah. what happened in 2021 <laughs> and 2022. Uh, but not that you could have necessarily known that then. Uh, but that's so, it's about nine years in, and then you start your own agency. Um, what was the process mindset around that? That was coming off of the COVID layoff, which I'd been with another agency for four years and had it going pretty well. And all of a sudden your, your communication tools and your ATS tools, it's not working for some reason. And then this thing pops up in your calendar and then you kind of knew that you know, the world was ending at that point anyway. So was able to get into some consulting work, which was great for a couple months in the midst. And I always had an idea if there's ever an opportunity to do it on my own and kind of create my own rules, had no better time to do it than then. And we just went for it and had a couple really great, really early partners that I knew I could rely on to get started, which are still great partnerships. We've got some exclusive relationships that are, are still going very strong right now. But a year in, it was just me. And then it took just being very busy to realize, you know, maybe let's, let's keep going yeah. for it. Let's bring in a couple other people and had a couple others join in the next year. And now we have four total, me and three others. And it's slow and steady by design, but when we don't know what we're going to be when we grow up either, we're going to just keep doing as well as we can along the way and weathering the the markets that shift over and over. So that's the little little story of how a company can go from a COVID layoff into doing podcasts. <laughs> doing doing podcasts, making placements. Yeah. I mean, I know you had a great um, you know, you you kept kept growing, especially those first those first couple of years and uh, yeah. what what was I'm always fascinated because when people actually decide to make the jump, right? And I talked to a lot of recruiters. Oh, I think they may have such a day just got laid off. I'm thinking about, do I just go on my own? Do I not? Is going somewhere else is a security blanket? Yeah. I'm not sure. Right. And that can hit people at different stages that, you know, that question and, and the right time to make a jump. Right? It's very personal. But what made it for you? Where you're just like, okay, I, I think I got a couple clients. What were some of the concerns or the like, I don't know, uh, that you had kind of when going off on your own. You don't know what you don't know. Right. There's, there's no, there's a lot of people that have done this and it's a big industry and there's 500 other recruiting companies, just in, in Chicago where I live. So we're not trying to reinvent something new, but 
can you do it? Are you an imposter? Are you just a decent recruiter trying to do something? And I was a pretty decent recruiter and had no idea that there's so many challenges ahead to structure and scale and work on your brand and make it worth someone that would trust you to hire important people to your organization. So I had to kind of really figure out how we wanted to be us and what values that we wanted to portray and how we can stand out. There's a lot of thought and trial and error that goes into it other than just being a pretty good recruiter. Yeah. You can go find people, you can go find clients, but why choose you? Why choose us? It's a heck of a question. It is. Yeah. I think it's the first thing I have people kind of run through and think about when then they start working with us. It's like, well, yeah. what are your strengths? Where have your wins come from? Like, why are you doing this? Like, what's the value prop? Yep. Right. Because agencies are a dime a dozen, but and there's always a reason that they stand out and that they're different. You know, the, the program typically attracts like yourself that are very good at this, right? Like, have the knack for all that. Just like to have the gut, like the instinct. For recruiting and have yep. typically proven it right and maybe a little bit more of the gunslinger mentality that's trying to kind of build some systems and trying to start some building systems comes to like well what what have i built already like what am i working with right what's the material and you know you only really get that through reps to like really you know really get that down uh, i mean what was what did you kind of come up with Right. Of those first few months, the first year or two, you know, what did you kind of learn about yourself? And I guess as about your agency that you might not have maybe been aware of before. The, the yeah. first step in all of it is just, you gotta, you gotta start. It's the, the whole yeah. motivation stuff. You can see it on LinkedIn all the time. Like what's holding you back. Just start, just jump in and do it at the beginning. And that's kind of the thing that you just need to do. Just go for it. If you're good and you're genuine and you, actually can deliver on what you say you're going to it'll build and i was lucky enough to have a lot of connections and on day one i cleaned up my website i launched a bunch of content on linkedin every day i was posting about our core values reliability um, quality and so on and the reach grew the stories grew, the engagement grew. And, and I'm not an entirely viral person. I don't have a million followers yet, but you only need a little and you only need one client. And then, you know, it takes two months, three months, four months. My two biggest clients to date came to me in the same day. And it came from people that knew me from posting. It's the power said, of content. You, yeah. You've got to be out there. It's such a important lesson. It's also like, what do you have to lose? You know, yeah. besides your house. Um, but I, I'm, I'm kidding. But you know, well, for some, but it is like, it, what do you have to lose? Yeah, right. It's like it's posting content. Like that's it. Like let's get out there. Let's let's do it. Um, well, it, it was it was more than that too. I put together a list of a couple hundred people that I thought were some of my closest contacts. So former placements, former candidates, former client potential people. And you just go out there and you, you I would tell them my story. Hey, I went solo. This is COVID time. It's crazy. Nobody knows what's going on. Oh, by the way, I did this. I didn't Great ask idea. them for business. I didn't say, hey, can you be a client of ours? I said, what do you think? What should I do? Ask for advice, for expertise. 
Um, I'm a terrible salesperson. I don't ask for how I don't ask for business. <laughs> well, I kind of I kind of do at the end, but I would much rather network and see how I can help. And I think a lot of that comes back to me, and it has. That's that's been probably the that's the only way I know how to do it. Other than things I learned from working with you. Yeah. Well, and we'll 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 get into that. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it, the fun piece is, again, I think people hearing this, people that it's not the first episode they've listened to, if they've yeah. you know heard this before, like there's a theme that comes up with the people that end up being not only just digital recruiter clients, but the success stories. Yeah. Uh, especially of just. You know, we've talked about this before, like successes and always say the, the way we thought it was going to be going into it, just like I'm sure going into building mm -hmm. an agency, it's shaped out a little bit different than you thought, just like when you joined a digital recruiter. Um, yeah, I guess what have been some of the most like maybe unexpected wins that you've had from building out your agency? Um, I don't know if you call it unexpected, because if you're in, in the recruiting space for long enough, you know mm -hmm. where the successes lie. You find great long-term partnerships. You find the exclusivity, you find the, the good rapport and the good vibe with places. And that's, that's where we make our money. That's where it is. And I've got four or five clients, like a couple of them, we've got 20 plus hires. And I think they don't work with five other recruiters. They might work with one or two or some specialist here and there. So they pretty much rely on us. And I, I don't take that lightly at all. That's a cornerstone of, of why covert is here, even three years into it. Um, that's the, you knew that's what you're shooting for, but to have it is incredible. Yeah. I, when, when I know at some point I'm going to get an email, Hey, we need you again. Just it, it's electric. It's great. We're doing something right. It's not luck anymore. No. I don't know. And that, there's a couple of things. There's two things that, that make me think of. Number one, I get some recruiters are, well, it's just me and a couple of people. How can I compete with the big companies? Yeah. Right. It's just like, and I always tell them at really those big companies are assigning maybe one recruiter or yeah. one sorcerer at their brand new division uh, that hasn't ever sourced before. Right. That's the, who's on your rec. But with you, like you get, of like a veteran, someone's experienced, like that knows what's going on and your team on it. Like that's how small firms can compete with companies that have 15, 20, 30, 40 openings, right? Is it yeah. actually a lot of time you can get a higher level of recruiter at a small boutique firm that you yeah. could just, you know, when we were just one of literally thousands, uh, yeah. because we had different things to worry about, right? We had to worry about 10 things before we could actually worry about our clients. Um, Versus like here, it's like, well, we got to worry about the clients first. Yeah. 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 There's a lot. This is a surprising thing because I was never very, very, very involved with it back at other agencies. But there's companies that don't want to work with the big ones. Right. They've been burned by it. They're very transactional. And this is maybe a little bit of my sales pitch, but I mean, we've, we've got a team that's been in the business for a long time. We're pretty good. We know what we're doing. There's a lot of companies that can say that, but we can only exist if we deliver. <laughs> right. And I say that with a little, with, with, a, with a little bit of a giggle and some humor in there too, but it's also really true. We have to keep our lights on by making it happen for you, Mr. And Mrs. Client. And the companies that were in that same scenario when they were growing up, that resonates hard. And 
that's why we've spent most of our time working with a small and mid-sized company because they can relate to it. You say you're not a sales guy, yet you're giving a master class on how to approach sales as a small business owner. So, uh, but again, I know you'll never admit it, but it, no, that's, <laughs> no. this is how it's done, right? For, you know, all, all, you know, anyone listening, you know, thinking about building yeah. these, you are struggling on terms of the pitch, you know, it, yeah. qualify, you know, qualify the client, ask them the questions. And then if they ask, you know, well, why are you, it's like, well, number one, I've asked you all the, like, I know exactly what you need from the questions that I've asked, yeah. right? Like you can show competency there. It's like, and then, yeah, you can appeal to that story. Like it's just yeah. a different experience. We have to keep the lights on. That's also, you know, why to this point, it's been a great, you know, intake call, because like we know what we're doing. Um, so there's so many yeah. different ways to put the pieces together. And then they're like, well, we're working with like a good boutique firm. Like we have our recruiting partner and no one wants to go interview another agency. So like no. give them a reason to no. like have to not interview any anyone else. Uh, and another advantage is, again, I've, I've been in it for about 12 years or so. So I've seen the big companies. I've worked with the big agencies, I've worked with little agencies, I've worked with the executive companies too. And I don't mind telling the company, like if you've got an executive search and you're gonna go talk to Corn Ferry or Hydrogen Struggles or whoever, they might be a better deal. But when it comes down to it, we're all looking in the same place. We're doing the same stuff. You can have the comfortableness of working with that, but the, the bill is gonna come due too. <laughs> They're going to charge you a lot for their service and hey, they're doing it right for a long time for a reason. Um, but we can give you the same level and we can be a little bit more adaptable too. Especially nowadays with all yeah. the different tools, right? And everything that you can do, you can have the productivity of 10 recruiters yeah. with just a couple different tools. And if you leverage them right, um, and then it's just in terms of how you're having the conversation and how you're, you know, how you're approaching the messaging. And that is yeah. one thing I've kind of seen with those bigger companies. Like they're they're a little behind on getting creative with some of the outreach and some of the messaging yeah. at times because it's not as important to figure out that quickly, right? And so that's where I saw this big shift in smaller companies being like, I got to get better at my messaging. I got to get my reply rates up because they sense that and they feel the pain much quicker than bigger companies do. And so there typically can be a little bit ahead of the curve and kind of having to sharpen the iron, right? Uh, yep. and, and get in those response rates and all that. So, you know, all, all these things are hopefully, you know, any recruiters listening and kind of a helpful to kind of, you know, have tools in in the toolbox, right? To kind of know how to leverage. Well, we just have some confidence when you're selling to these companies that, you know, there's a lot of advantages to working with a smaller firm. And yeah. if you have the right partners in the network and, we have that digital recruiter community, right? You, we were talking about an opportunity for you that might absolutely blow up. Well, you can kind of find other kind of all-stars too, right? If you're kind of building that network, you said having the conversation versus trying to pitch all the time where like you can pick up the phone, like, hey, Clark, I need some recruiting support here. I'm like, all right, we can make that happen. Like we'll turn that around real quick, mm -hmm. right? And like, that's like, so if you kind of play it right and kind of carve out your little space, like you can make it work and you could potentially have the reach of a, you know, 20, 30 person team, you're, you're getting all yeah. like, I don't say killers, but you know, well, we all know what I'm saying, you know, really, really good people, really good. Recruiters. Yeah. It's the differentiators when you're talking with recruiters or do they know exactly what you really need? Um, are they willing to 
putting the effort and can they tell a better story? There's only so there's only so many people out there that can do the jobs that these companies need to have filled. And if we can find them by digging deeper or working faster or just being more engaging and exciting, then you know you might get a big corporate enterprise working company that has a, a super junior recruiter that you know they just need metrics. They're not gonna take the the close look at someone. I mean, we were both at big companies. I had to get 30 phone calls or 30 connections a day. What did that even mean? Nothing. Yeah. 30 phone can, screens can, a week. Yeah. I could care, care less about that. It's totally yeah. ineffective other than maybe teaching like, yeah, you've got to put in the time, but quality over quantity is that. Yeah, it it is. I mean, to another point, it, it, it's interesting because I go back and forth with those metrics. I'm like, for light industrial, all that, it made sense, right? 30 phone screens yeah. in a week, you know, five to 10 submittals, all that. I, I get it. You know, I think the network ads were key because you wanted to be able to pile up the quality candidates week in and week out. You know, I think the metrics are good for a certain sense. It's kind of like a guiding, like bumpers, right? Because if you're just like, yeah. well, I can't get anyone. Well, how many people did you talk to last week? Four. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, you talked to, I know what your first problem is. You talked to only four people. So we have to fix yeah. that first, right? We have to have enough activity to have something that we can get past activity. You know, one of the, if, uh, you know, the, the results are there, we don't even look at activity, but if the results aren't yeah. there. We have to look at activity and I think it's a good frame lines, you know, framework. So make sure you at least have the activity just in case the results aren't there. You want to be able to show like, hey, I'm working and then we can diagnose. All right. Is it just a quality issue? Like you just don't have a game exactly. plan. You don't know what you're doing. Right. Is it just a tough market? You know, when you're on a tough role, like what, what's going on going on? there? I, yeah. I would always a, a younger version of me would always be like, well, I'm not getting great results, but at least I'm going to be doing a lot of talk time or I'm going to be connecting with a lot of people. And you would hide behind that pretending you were doing a good job. But there's always some somebody over in the corner some old grizzled veteran that was never there was never on the phone or rarely on the phone. And all of a sudden they were leading your company. Like, how do you do that? It's because they paid the dues. They knew the right people. They didn't need to make 60 calls a day. They didn't make like three. Yeah. But those three were people that they had history with. They're going to pick up and the phone on the first ring. They yeah. pick up the phone in the first ring and they know exactly where to go and where to do, where to do things. That's what you strive to be. And again, I don't want to work that hard at this point. I want to be able to be the the guy in the corner that calls the right people at the right time. And uh, that is that is what we all should strive for is to be that person. It's it's so true. I don't know when that equation clicked for you, but it clicked for me. A manager definitely helped me. I was doing like 50 phone screens my first yeah. like three, four months at Aerotech a week because I was like, I'm going to build this whole network in three or four months. And I'm just going to tap into it for the next six months after that. That's yeah. exactly what I did. It was amazing. My phone screen went from like 50 a week to like 10. But then my submittals went from like five to like 25 a week. Mm -hmm. Because people then would just call back the roles. I actually figured out what was going on. And I was like, well, I have a network. I took good notes. They're in my system. Right. And I can just easily search and kind of go back to them. And like that was the key. Because I did. I saw that top recruiter. I was like, I can barely hear him on the phone. I don't know what's going on. But then all of a sudden, oh, yeah. for three hours on a Friday, he's scheduling like 200 workers. And yeah. he's like, that's his spread for the month or whatever. I'm like, oh, like, all right. Yeah, it is like being strategic and intentional about yeah. all these things and having a plan. 
right? Because we're going to be on the phone regardless, but it's like, how do we get the most out of every call and conversation? Uh, mm-hmm. And not, again, it's different than pitching and getting a deal out of every conversation, right? But how do you get the most out of it is a different kind of mindset. And yeah. I, I'm with you. That's where I see all the top recruiters have that. Yeah. Right. There's something to be said about having the activity in the pipeline to sustain the success you want, but activity for activity's sake is it's it's not a, not a thing. You're only convincing yourself for how long? Right? You got to like, convince it, your Robert half bosses, right? And it always reveals itself. Like yeah. it always does. And I've worked with agencies where we've had those types of recruiters that like. Everyone knows what's going on when we try to track KPIs and talk to them weekly, but they just won't admit it to themselves. And then sooner or later, it's like the owner's like, well, I got to like let you go. Like I'm trying to give you every opportunity I can, but like you're talking your way of like, oh, I can't figure it out. It's like, all right, well, you had you know, five phone screens, six, seven. It's like, if you don't have a placement for four months, like you should be talking like 30 people a week on yeah. every rec, going out and getting like trying to get business. Like, like the good times only going to last so long, no matter where you are. Uh, yeah. And that's like, that's just one of the biggest traps I see recruiters fall into that just aren't really honest with themselves about kind of the work or if they're able to actually get it. Yeah. We've all been in the point where we're desperate to get a deal and there's pressure and whether it's coming from yourself or your boss or whatever, and nobody likes it. But when you get to the point where you do have the confidence that the next deal is coming, and it's going to come with like six or seven others, then that's that's when you know you're in it for a long time. Yeah, and it's it's a big confidence booster. And I think that might have been me last summer. <laughs> so it took eleven years to get there, or whatever. But when you get it, there's nothing that can bother you. I don't think and the highs can still be high, but the lows are never as low because you know you can think and work your way out of it, which is a really nice confidence inspiring feeling well i think that's you know this might be a good segue to kind of talk about how we kind of found each other and started working together uh because you were in a pretty good like you were in a good spot there which is interesting right some people i think comes like well you go to a coaching program when you're in a tough spot like that's not necessarily true um it's actually one of the best times and when things are going well that's the best times to advance your game and actually be able to test things out and try and learn new things uh, because I think we first went eight March, April, 2022. I think you joined in June, yeah. 2022. What was, what were you kind of searching for at the time? What was the thought process? Well, I was, I, yeah. and I, I probably told these before, but I was looking for like the recruiting company in a box kind of thing. Not really, but the, the support of how to scale, how to build comp plans, how to structure things going forward, because those were very trial and error up ahead. And I think when we met in the spring, I probably blew you off a little bit. Like, you know what? This sounds great, but not, not right for it. Um, and I shopped around. I, I looked at a lot of these other recruiting training things and not just because we're, we're on a podcast now and we're pals, but a lot of it was terrible and a lot of it was very expensive. And I felt at that time you offered the biggest value out of all of it. And I still do. And what I was looking for is again, more of those structural type things, process kind of things. And I probably got a lot more out of it that I wasn't even expecting. Cause again, I didn't know what I didn't know, but 
whether it was the people or you or others' perspectives, yeah, I got a whole lot out of it. It's uh, it's just like a real. It's funny. It's a real community. It's like real people, and I, I, I don't try to put too much window dressing on it. <laughs> For no. especially in 2022, when I was figuring this thing out, I'm not surprised you chopped around because that's that when we talked yeah. to like kind of when I went full time on yeah. all this. Like I had been in the lab, like figuring it out with a handful of clients, and I was ready to kind of take the next level at that time. So you, you, you were, you were smart. Uh, you know, and, and I appreciate it. Although it's it's yeah. it's, uh, it's definitely more expensive than it was when John signed up. So I will throw that out there for everyone. But uh, you know, that's that that's the good part about hopefully growing properly. Uh, you know, in in a due time. But yeah, it, in terms of the things you got out, because I know it was it was interesting. You wanted to learn some processes. Yeah. You had been doing some content already, and I was starting to like really do some things on that level. So I think it was kind of cool for you to. Know, talk content ideas with me, me and Ross, um, and also some of the kind of the systems. But yeah, like what did you, what did you get out of it? I guess that you weren't expecting. Like, so again, I was thinking like, hey, you're going to tell me what my comp plans for future hires should be, and we, yeah. I don't think we've even talked about that once. But we jumped so far into uh, branding and storytelling and differentiation with some of your specialist guys and, and yourself. Um, is being interesting on LinkedIn the end all be all? It's definitely not, but again, you gotta be visible. And I think I got a lot out of how to tell the story, structure things a little bit better. And again, I, I speak better on paper than I do with words coming out of my face. <laughs> um, so even honing that a little bit better was I think very useful. Um, and then more of the, just the differentiators to kind of serve a purpose, kind of know where we're going to go, how we tell the story rather than, okay, we're a recruiting company, we'll work on anything. We'll work on a very broad amount of things, but there's some things that I can't do. And there's some things that we do great and we want to be known for the things that we do great. So just kind of narrowing a little bit was, if anything, confirmation that we should be slightly more narrow. You might lose a couple opportunities on the sides, which is fine but you'll get much more if you stay centered in what you kind of stand out to be. People like specialists, you know, they, they, they want to yeah. pay for specialists. And, and that was one of the last summer I was still wrestling with like, how niche do we want to get with a profile? Right. You know, so I know you were one of the people I kind of, kind of one hand that I really had to work through that with, uh, you know, Lauren being another one, right. And I, I work with her now on the agency side and, and actually we lean into that and, what I've learned, and it's like really lean into your strengths. I don't care about a niche or a vertical as much as lean into what you do well, because exactly. that's not everything. But it can be, there's a process that could be the strength, right? And kind of the way you attack, you know, a, a role or a new engagement, all that, that like that's, yeah. that's kind of what, what you can leverage. Um, yeah. There. The other thing that was, I think, important is that a lot of us kind of were doing the same thing at the same time. There's probably three or four others that were solo or one or two people, five and under firms that just kind of got together in this group and you know, helped, helped you as you worked and improved your platform too, which I know you spent a lot of time doing, but we're all going through the same thing. And none of us are really trying to do something new or be visionaries or whatever, whatever baloney is out there. Yeah, You just want to be good 
and authentic to what you want to do and kind of figure out how to be the best partner. Like you don't need to be a hundred million dollar firm. It'd be neat maybe, but also it might not be worth that hassle to have to go for that. Just be really good at what you do. And, and there's just, and be able to solve like the problems that come up for you. Yeah. And I think that's the theme that's always come up over and over and over. Like the, the amount that I know now compared to a year ago is insane. Like, or oh, almost yeah. like a year and a half when you joined to now it's a complete evolution. You know, it starts with solving the problems that were in front of me at that time. Right. Or that were in front of you. Hey, I came in, I think you came in thinking it was going to be, I'm going to learn business development because I need maybe some more clients. Sure. What week that was one? Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Week one, you were just like, Hey, I just got a bunch of clients. I need candidates. I'm like, all right, we could do that yeah. too. Right. So we pivoted. Yeah. Uh, and also I couldn't talk about this amazing business development story, but I was like, that's okay. Yeah. Like, let's go get you some candidates. Like, let's go help you make some money. Uh, cause that's what we got to do. So I, we know help them some systems and you know, some automation. You're like, Oh wow, this is like pretty cool. If used effectively, I know. I was like, I know. Right. And like, that's one of the cool things. I was like, I'm, I was able to introduce you to and give some guidance on because then you kind of know how to run with that. But like, yeah. that was also the thing, like, you know, what you come in can be different than how it plays out. But it's like, all right, well, let's pivot to that. And that's like what I've always wanted this to be. It's like, well, yeah. let's deal with whatever comes up. Right. You know, for agencies, because it could be a bunch of different things. Yeah, I, that was I had forgotten about that a little bit. As soon as we started, I just got hammered with some clients and yeah. it was it was using some of the ideas for automation for um, messaging, kind of valuing messaging. time a little bit better and using yeah. the tools that are available a little bit better. You can still have a great experience working with candidates and, and they're going to be taken care of very yeah. nicely, but I got more time back to do other things, which was great. I, I love that. I love hearing that. And then, and then well, you mentioned compensation. We did talk compensation a little bit because we did help you find a recruiter. So we did talk compensation a little bit. Yeah, um, we did. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, what was, how that, I mean, you just kind of asked, like, how do, how would I find a recruiter, right? How would, like, who do I find? Who? What would be a good fit? I don't even remember how this happened. I think right. we, we had already brought on someone earlier in that year who was doing pretty well. Um, Still, we were kind of bursting at the seams. And I think you were just talking with other recruiters. Maybe you were trying to get them to get in on your, your learning platform at the time. You're like, you should talk to this person. And I'm like, all right, fine. You know, I rolled my eyes, which I do every single time I talk to you in the fun way. Um, but yeah, it was a great connection. We ended up bringing on one of the, the people that you had met. And they've been nothing short of tremendous for the last year and almost a half at this point. I, I love it. That's how, yeah, I mean, that's how the digital recruiter talent group or what became yeah. that started. Because yeah, I worked with one client that talked to some people. I'm like, you, I think you would like some of these people I'm talking to. Yeah. If you're thinking about that, I was like, why don't I set up, put a couple on your calendar? Like, that's kind of how it started. Uh, you know, now I got Lauren running this thing and yeah. off and running. So uh, that's, you know, little seeds, little mustard seeds. That's how it starts. So it's, there's, there's no straight path to where we're all going to end up. It's zigzags here and there, and it's, it's part of the fun. Some of it's great. Some of it's not great, but, uh, it's kind of fun, kind of a fun deal. It, it is. It is. It's just, you know, just attack it. It's just good people. And I'll kind of yeah. pick up the phone anytime. Hey, I got this stuff going on, you know, vice versa. 
And that was like definitely part of the dream was just to surround myself with good people that work hard, that like like-minded, like truly like-minded, just trying to like just attack this crazy industry and make sense of it all and just do a little bit better every day. And I didn't, I, I figured it was possible, uh, but it's been really cool to kind of see it come to fruition. And you and I like each have a few names that you, we know from the community digital recruiter. It's like, Oh yeah, that person, this person, like that person's yeah. cool. It's like, we've had longer conversations with some than others. And like, but you also kind of know, like that's a good person to have in my Robodex because who knows what they're going to continue to building out in the next few years. And like, we just know that like, we got to focus on like building out our company, like, that day and if enough of us keep doing that there's like cool operate uh, cool opportunities and collaborations to be had uh, and yeah. that's like what's been pretty fun too it's yeah kind of it, like, it is kind of neat so yeah. whenever we get someone that says hey do you know that anyone that does construction recruiting or healthcare or something that i've never seen before there's plenty that i haven't or don't want to do because it's kind of over my head i can send them elsewhere and it's with a, a short list of people that I know have kind of similar ambitions and skills and networks and it's easy connections. Yeah, that's nice. And it's like, Hey, you know, that this is a good person to connect with or talk to yep. or reach out to. And, you know, you don't have to overly vouch for anyone. I know I think we talked exactly. about kind of network building or anything, but like, Hey, you should connect to that person. You should introduce yourself and all that. Just kind of keep people, you know, going along the path, like they want to go down. And I, I've learned a lot about that just on LinkedIn and it just, it can create so many opportunities without trying to f make everything an opportunity or like make everything yeah. like overly like networky. You know, it's like, hey, do you have your business card or whatever? It's just like, you know, check out the profile, kind of maybe have a, it's worth a back and forth on LinkedIn. Maybe it is worth a phone call. Uh, and I'm having some, you know, just doing that alone made me realize like, well, oh, we might want to hire like an SDR uh, for our agency and stuff like that. That's just, it just kind of spurred just based on a conversation on a reply I got in my inbox. Right. Yeah. So if anyone here is applying, it's not always just like applying for the job. Just starting those conversations or a thoughtful reply made me think maybe there is a, an opportunity here to hire someone. So yeah. like, it, it's I think kind of lowering that expectation, but also raising your bar of just showing up every day can work wonders. Uh, so, I don't know. We're getting a little philosophical here. Uh, what, uh, what's that? It's all good on my end. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pivot. What's the craziest story you got from recru in recruiting? You know, just the joy and delight of dealing with people. They'll surprise you in a lot of different ways. Um, there's, there's, nothing, there's been nothing major or super dramatic, but you've had people that, well, years ago, we had a guy that was going to go for a final interview for a software engineer, architect, role, high level thing. And all you need to do is go in and shake the hand of the owner of the company and, and kind of a final sign off type thing. And the guy came in, he was wearing, wearing his jeans and his Mickey Mouse denim jacket and his Disneyland hat. And like, all you need to do is wear semi business professional. And the owner was so just turned off by it. And this was 10 years ago. So it was a much more business professional type thing where we're all zooming and wearing casual like hoodies and things now. Um, people, when you tell them, hey, make sure you dress professionally to an interview and they come in a prom dress. I've seen that more than once. Um, what? How? 
people get you know what people Why? get nervous and I think a big part I, I, of what I mean, we do is I, I we, binge we, eat when I get nervous, but I don't I don't put on a prom dress. I don't know what's going like <sighs> they got too much I caffeine even or more something. Now, yeah. <laughs> even more like there's a lot of pre- preparation stuff you can find on the internet. So you don't have to handhold as much as we used to, maybe ten years ago. Who is putting the but preparation we, list of prom dress on the internet? That's why just people making bad decisions and Yahoo they, answers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can get people being nervous. It's family, it's career, it's buying a house. Those are the three biggest things usually for most people. And when you're looking so hard for a job or you're at the final stages, you can choke a little bit or say something silly. Um, I had one guy who I think he used the term brain fart in front of an executive. And they're like, you're a customer service focused, client focused person. You probably shouldn't be bringing up farts. Well, that would not Char- go well either. What, what if you it know. was Charmin? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> nah, too yeah. real. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's still some traumas here that I'm trying to get over because those are placements <laughs> that didn't happen for me. Too real, too soon, too soon. Yeah, too real. my hopes and dreams of of paying my rent that month and my mortgage that month kind of went down the toilet. So yeah, the brain fart cost cost me that one. That's the wallet wallet fart. Um, yeah, it, it, it's. Uh, Who'd have thought we'd be talking about farts at the end of this call? Not I'm me. not surprised. I'm not surprised. Uh, <laughs> that was going to be something. Our, our wives are looking it, in the background. They're like, "Yeah, we knew they were to be talking." It was going to go stuff. rogue at some point. Forty yeah. minutes in, it's pretty good. I'm I'm pretty proud of us. Uh, yeah. The uh, here's the, this, here's a section to be cut. Yeah, right here. yeah. Post production, please. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Christina, no, it's. Uh, I heard a good one the other day was. Someone was going for a final interview, but it was the place was on a hill, so they were nervous about driving up the hill, so they turned around and went home. That's very interesting. That's an interesting one. I mean, some of them are some are really steep. <laughs> I guess, I, yeah, that was, yeah. I was like, wow, that's well, that that is a new one. Well, we're I, both Midwest and kind of Northeast folks, so we we. Nobody wanted to go up that slanted driveway in the winter. That was dangerous. Yeah. I mean, this was so September, I can so, but yeah. It is. It, it was October. This was in September, but yes, I can yeah. vouch that it was not, not snowing. But yeah, people people are wild cards. Uh, yeah. What, um, all right, we'll, we'll wrap it up. What is, if you got takeaways or advice for recruiters, agency owners, 2023, it's been a grind for some, right? There's yeah. been some layoffs. What's uh you know what's the takeaways? What's the the bit of advice, the the encouragement that you have for for all the recruiters out there? For people that are in the same kind of situations, just focus on the basics. The basics still, the core never changes. It's to just keep in touch with your network, nurture it, offer help. Don't be salesy. Figure out a way to share your time in a way that someone's going to remember you later. And I know a lot of recruiters that are like, if it's not going to make me money, I'm not going to do it. And I think that's a bunch of malarkey, bunch of short sighted kind of way of thinking. And, and I'll take calls with people as often as I can for 10 minutes to make them better as a job seeker. Or uh, I've talked to many people that I thought could be clients that they needed to look as well. And I'll always have time for that. Not like I'm going to do it with an agenda, but that's where 90% of my clientele has come with just by doing the right thing by someone. 
and you know you're not going to fill every role. You're not going to make the match for everyone, but you can always give good advice and help develop a new skill or help people look in the right place to help them, either as a hiring team or a potential person looking for a new job. So stay with the basics, stay organized, be cool, be nice, don't be a jerk, and you're already so far past any competition. It, very well said. That's a great, I just made that's that a up. great way to put a bow on it. Yeah. Well done. I'm proud of you. Proud of us. We, we, we didn't even talk about the lines or anything. Um, this is good. Uh, sorry. Go team. Yeah. Have fun. Hey, first place. They um, can't be the Patriots of the, the last well, years, They, they so. don't want to be this year. So, yeah, you guys are in first place this year. It's pretty solid. I think uh, the Detroit Lions winning one Super Bowl is a bigger achievement than the New England Patriots winning seven. People forget that. I caught before, you. I caught people, you in that. People forget before Brady that the Patriots were the laughing stock. They, they were the laughing stock. They had been to a Super Bowl. It's you can't even remember it now because they were so good for two decades. Mm. Uh, you can't even remember. They had. Wait, you get, the Lions have never been to a Super Bowl. No. Oh man, hey, you win. No, you win, <laughs> but yeah, you lose. Yeah. They oh, had man. one playoff win in the nineties, and before that, nothing until before the NFL was in existence, and they won the championship in the mid-50s a couple times. So potentially before our parents were alive. My dad was five years old. Wow. Yeah, I stand corrected. Yeah, that is brutal. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. Uh, I'm I'm a casual fan at this point. I I wish uh, somehow... You have to be, yeah. I don't want to get hurt anymore. I'm I'm Lions-free, as we'll say, as Detroiters. You just got to protect yourself from all the sads, and that's that's my my guard system against sad football. I'm with. You. I mean, three years of mediocre quarterback play, and I I don't I don't even know how people do it. I don't know how Browns fans do it or anything. So, um, it's more power to you. Yeah, uh, just but, go team. Just just enjoy all the just, sports. Yeah, throw it on are. a Sunday. You know, relax. You know, grill out a little bit. Have fun with it. Yeah, I, exactly. I had to stop taking it seriously myself. Take recruiting more seriously now. Just benefiting all of us. I, I can tell very serious. That that's that's yeah, that's what I convinced myself. Uh, John, where can we find you? LinkedIn, I'm assuming. Right. I'm on LinkedIn, John Heise, H E I S E if you want to find it. We are covert recruiting. We're Chicago based. We'll work a lot with marketers, with accounting and finance, with logistics, entry to executive, direct hire. Whatever you need, we're here to give good ideas and, and kind of share our, our little bit of expertise and, and try to get people where they need to go. I love it. We'll have all that stuff in the episode description where you can download and like and rate five stars and all that fun things that helps a small little podcast get off the ground. You know, what, maybe like our, our friends and family will like it and it'll go viral. It'd be great. Yeah. I think I do actually better with my recruiter friends and friends and family at this point. So <laughs> they're, they're so, one in the same. <laughs> I'm so grateful for the digital recruiter community. You have no idea. Uh, yeah. You, you a, tell your family you're a podcaster and they're going to look at you. They really seriously. don't believe that I work. Yeah. They have, yeah. They, they don't believe it. I think that's how most of us, that, that's, you know, it's the, we're the Island of misfits at least career wise. So yeah, you send emails for a living. What? Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah, you post like those graphics, and yeah, you do like a funky website. Yeah, you know, it's okay, Grandma. Don't worry about it's it. It's an infographic, yeah. Grandma. I, I, I paid for the turkey. It's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that matters. <laughs> John, my friend, thank you for being here. It's a pleasure, as always. That's um, fun. John, hi, Z. Yeah. Said it right. Ish. Close enough. Uh, I'm going to get you to say my middle name at one point. You'll never get that right. Uh, what is it? Uh, Giru Awu. We're going to talk offline. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, but this is the best ending we've had to a show thus far. If people make it this long, I'm, yeah. I'm excited for the messages. And for people, ex- I want people to send me voice memos trying to pronounce my, my middle name if you made it this can, far. Can you explain this in 30 seconds or less how that is your middle name and how uh, to spell it? Yeah, my father was full born Algerian, he okay. migrated to France. That's where he met my mother, who grew up in the Boston area. Uh, so I was actually born in France. So it's Giruau. It's that's the that's my American way of saying it. I don't even know if I'm saying it correctly. Uh, okay, but it's nine letters. Just G U E R O U A O U. A lot of vowels. That's awesome. Yeah, you buy a lot of vowels on Wheel of Fortune with that last name. Yeah, um, yeah. It's that's that's the quick little that's the Cliff Notes version. So, and fun fact, I was actually born with it as my last name, not middle name, but I flipped it on the move to the to the states. Yeah, you got some history after that. That's there's a, cool. there's a lot there. Yeah, one one of these episodes will have to give like my background or something. That'd be fun. That's uh, a that's a two truths and a lie winner right there. Yeah, when you're doing intros with new teams. Yeah, Yankee fan. My middle name is Geru Awu. You know, I have a golden retriever. You know. Obviously not a Yankee fan. No one should ever be. No, that's just. Yeah. It, we, just yeah, we agree on that. Weird. Yeah, exactly. All right. We're going rogue. Yeah, John, this is too much. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll have you back. Always a pleasure. We'll talk soon. See you later. Bye. Not, this is it. We'll see you next time, guys. Bye.